Oh, how the brain goes. The brain goes. be the secret man the secret is to wear earplugs while playing that little introduction i was close dude that was a close one I'm, i don't know I'm, am i ever gonna get it am i ever gonna get the perfect intro guitar playing probably won't um i got earplugs in so i'm probably gonna make ah let's take them out what the hell am i doing I was going to say I'm going to probably be making all sorts of weird bodily function noise like blowing out my nose. My nose is a little plugged up. I don't know why. Uh, I wonder if I should be taking some... I might be. I might go take some... Uh, some uh, things. Taking some supplements. And they're all legal, people. All legal supplements. I'm going to take some echinacea... Maybe some quercetin. And I haven't been taking probiotics. Let's take one of those. Um, I was laying in bed. I can't sleep. It's actually getting colder here. It's like 60 degrees right now, which is pretty nice at night. It's just 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm working graveyard. So, uh, I'm going to put this phone here. So, my sleeping schedule screwed. Zinc? No. Oh, zinc and quercetin. I think I did this before. This is deja vu, man. I'm having deja vu. I did this before. Comment below if I did this before. Okay. I got a mouthful of capsules. It sounds like a good autobiography of Dragon Ball Z. You know? The guy who made Dragon Ball Z, if he had a drug addiction problem, called a mouthful of capsules let me get rid of these capsules here uh oh one might have melted damn my nose is getting kind of weird we might have to pause this and uh, I'm not talking about dog Prince all right I'm back you uh there should be a game to this. We could have a game if you catch me passing gas or something like that. You win. I don't know. That was a lamp. That was not me passing gas. That's a that's a that's the sound of a lamp being shut off. A lamp that's halfway shorting out. So I'm laying in bed. I contemplate this from time to time. And uh, I'm just laying here and I think I should be recording this. Why? Because no one will listen, that's why. I'm just doing this. So, I used to always, I think this, and uh, I found out I'm pretty much wrong. I'm, I find out I'm wrong a lot, especially with mathematics lately. I don't know what's going on in my brain, but I think like, oh no, this is right, and I'm totally wrong. So, uh, my grandparents were older on both sides of my family. My mom's side, my dad's side. They were older when they had my parents. And then my parents were like in their 30s when they had me. So, uh, oh man. Okay, I'm just going to say it. My mother's going to hate this. I probably have already, but whatever. So my grandmother was like 43 years old when she had my mom and then my mom was 30 when she had me so my grandmother was like 73 years of age when i was born and she lived to be uh 94 years old so i was 21 years old when she died and i used to think if my parents would have and my grandparents would have 
had had my parents younger and me younger like my grandmother would still be alive i i would have all these uh, many years with her so like if my grandmother was 20 when she had my mom and my mom was 20 and when she had me you know uh that would mean that you know me being at the age of 39 that would put my grandmother at 79. <laughs> I mean, that's insane to think about. So she would still be alive. That's what I used to think in my head. If, if they would have had, you know, children at a younger age, I would have my grandmother, which doesn't even make any sense to me. I would have her for like another 14 years. And then my same thing with my dad's side. My dad's side, they were a little bit, so it was like 30, 30. It was actually a little more. But let's say uh, my grandmother was 30, my dad was 33. So she would still, uh, am I crazy about that one? Maybe I, oh yeah. So anyways, and she died uh, when I was around 24. She died younger in her, in her mid, uh, yeah. She was like 86, 87. So if that 2020 rule applied, my grandmother was 20 when she had my dad, and my dad was 20 when uh, he had me, um, you know, yeah, I would still have my grandmother on my dad's side for like another eight years. She would still be alive. Like, this is crazy shit. My, my grandfather would still be alive. My grandfather on my mom's side, I never knew. I think he died when I was, like, basically born. But anyways, and I, and I thought, wow, they would still be alive right now. That's total bullshit. Because if they were born, they would still be born the year they were born. <laughs> so, like, I thought about this, and it blew me away. If my grand my grandmother was born in like 1908 or 1909, something like that, I don't know. I guess I could look it up, but I'm not going to. I think it's somewhere around there. So I think it was 1908. I think she was about to be 95 years of age uh, when she died. I don't know if this all makes sense. But anyways, so if you go with that 2020 rule that I'm talking about, I would have been born in 1949. So right now, I would be the same. I would be 72 years old. Had my idea of this this great thing would have worked out, and they would be dead. They would all be dead anyways. I mean, uh, actually, that's bullshit. Um, on one thing, my my uh... wait, no, 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 no. I'm crazy. Yeah, they'd all be dead. <laughs> And my, my parents would be super old uh, if that was the case. Well, you know, like if if I was born in 1949, my parents may not even be existing right now. So it's a, it's a weird thing. Your brain will, will sort of come up with these scenarios and these ideas and you'll think like, yeah, this is right. How crazy would that be? I would have... My grandparents still. No, I wouldn't. No. But it, I can't even imagine. It would be... Uh, I probably was supposed to be born in 1949, though. Because I love the 60s era music. And, you know, the 70s, too, some of it. Obviously, like Led Zeppelin. Oh, I would have I shit my pants to be a part of, like, Bob Marley. And if there was you know, a good stereo sound system, and I freaking went out and bought Exodus, and you're listening to Exodus on a, a badass stereo, I don't even know when Exodus came out, uh, Bob Marley, I think it was like, something crazy, like, man, what was, 70, uh, I want to say 72, but I don't think that's right, but either way, Whenever it did come out, I don't think it was 80. I think it was before 1980. So, like, can you imagine that? All that shit. I remember uh, my dad was telling me. So, my dad had a friend 
still does, I guess. But uh, he was really into Pink Floyd. And so, I don't know who, who got the answer, but I asked. Like, somehow I got the, you know. I said, what was his favorite album? And the guy said, uh, Uma Guma. And, and the reason why he said is he's like, it was crazy to listen to it on headphones. And can you imagine that? Like, now we're so jaded with music and whatever the hell we got. And by the way, I don't I don't know, man. I, I don't think it's as good now. These Bluetooth headphones are headphones that we're plugging into our, our cellular device, because I don't want to say phones again. Uh, are they as good? I even remember in high school, I bought a CD player... And you had Bass Boost, and I think Bass Boost, you know, even back then was better than, than these freaking uh, headphones now. That's pretty good, though. I mean, but oh, that's all I'm saying. It seems like even stereos in the 90s, you had crazy, you know, those giant floor speakers with the amps and receivers. My brother, that was one of the things he, he bought. He was making, you know probably decent money during the time being a young kid he bought a Kenwood Kenwood amp receiver Kenwood speakers and he he had uh, some CDs I to this day not to be super offensive towards my brother but I wonder about his taste in movies and music and in anything in general he he has a I think he's really persuaded by taste and his own opinions when it comes to music and stuff but uh it's a good thing because he had that guns and roses album uh i can't think of the name of it but it had you know uh it had all the good songs on it which i can't even think of, that paradise city song what the hell is the name of that song and it had like it, I don't know. I had everything. It wasn't the greatest hits, and I I could be wrong about every rose has a thorn, but that uh, welcome to the jungle. Oh shit, that's a damn dude. And I and I cranked it up, and I'm listening to it. He also had, which was a great decision. And even now, you can't even. I should look that up. I have Amazon Unlimited Music. Michael Jackson, dude. How can you forget about Michael Jackson? But he had that gold like three disc set I basically had everything and like dude you could crank up the stereo you know and I mean like dude that shit had everything I don't know if that was black and white I don't know what song that was he black I don't know but uh they had that this is even like that those songs that came out big the one where Michael Jackson gets up on the car and he's like beating the shit out of the car with a fucking, I didn't mean to say the F word, but with the the golf club. Damn, what the hell is the name of that song? Anyways, it had all the good songs. The one where uh, he's singing, uh, I love that song. It's gay as shit though. It's like the, the gayest Michael Jackson song, but I don't care. It's a good song, dude. Oh, I don't know how... I can only think of a uh, boys to men. That song. How do I? I don't know. Anyways, what the frick is the name of that song? It's that one where he's with that, with the Presley daughter, and uh, he's talking about how like he misses her and she's far away. Oh, I I can't, man. I try to sing and I can't sing. I'm blaming it on the allergies, but. I am here with you, though we're far away. Damn, that was a good song. Come on, man. Oh, God, that was a good song. It had all that shit, and I mean, just blaring it. Just blaring it on a good... So anyways, I think I was supposed to be born in 1949. More I even think about it right now. I would have been 69. Can you imagine? Oh, shit. I love the doors, dude. I think Jim Morrison died, which I bring up the same year, 72. So I think, 
you know, I, I would have had a real good possibility, which I don't know if, if, if the way things worked out in my life now worked out back in 1949, I probably would have been too cheap, but the, the prices of, of concert tickets were way less back then. Um, I might have been able to see Jim Morrison live with the doors. How crazy would that have been? And that was like my band, dude. And if I was born in 49, I'd have been 20 years old, 1969. You know? I don't know when their first album was out, but it probably was 67. I think 69. I don't want to say what album I think it is. Probably, I don't know if it was uh, 69 it came out, L.A. Woman. Either way, the Doors were only around for like five years. Isn't that crazy? In five years, I could be totally wrong about all this stuff, by the way. But uh, they just put out an incredible amount of work. And I don't, give, I, I don't understand people. I mean, I do understand it. In the way, like, I don't get Rush or there's some other bands that people really love. I'm like, but why people don't like The Doors is very hard for me to understand. And I think anyone that has a religious background where you had an organ in church or a piano, I think we're more drawn to bands like that. Uh, Iron Butterfly, Animals... These types of bands that have a piano or organ. Um, God, man, the doors. I, I've thought about this a lot. And uh, I brought it up to one guy. And he uh, he believed I, I might have been influenced. or I, that I, Here's the thing. I like music. I screw around with music. I enjoy it. Sometimes I can come up with shit not saying it's great but i can make up a song like you know really quickly um but there'd be nothing more that i would want i don't know if that's a correct sentence but i would love to sound like the doors i would love to have that like if somebody's you know how amazing would it be if I did sound like the doors and someone goes, hey, what's your what's your influence? And I could say that anyone listening to anything I've ever done that was original. Nobody would say, oh, this is this is obviously influenced by the doors. No, I I don't understand imitation. I wish I could imitate. I don't want to deliberately. uh you know, sound like somebody else, I guess. Maybe I would, but I don't even know how to do that. Like, how do, how would you deliberately try to sound like the doors? I have no idea. And you would probably have to implement uh, an organist or an organ. And I've done songs with, with um, keyboards, but nothing, I'm not at the level of, of Ray Manzarek. Oh man, this is this is getting into some other stuff. I didn't. I thought I'd maybe maybe be talking for like ten minutes. I feel like a meth head. I don't know what's going on, man. I'm all itchy. I feel like I should be taking some uh, Claritin or what is that other allergy medication people take? Um, but yeah, man. If I was born in 1949, that would have been my era. That would have been the shit, dude. Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, all that stuff. That's that's my world right there, man. It's classic rock. Uh, I don't even know if these other bands that I'm about to say are considered classic rock, but it, it would have been interesting. A band I wanted to bring up, which I don't know, they probably were more towards the 80s. I have no idea, but they're on classic rock type shit sometimes. That super tramp. They got some pretty crazy shit out there, and I even I don't I even know who Supertramp was. And then I got these uh, CDs, and I'm not saying I could listen to them for 50 minutes straight. 
Same thing with Huey Lewis and the News. I couldn't listen to them, but I, man, they got some good songs here and there. But that one song uh, was Super Tram. Take a look at my girlfriend or whatever the fuck. And then they had, they had a, uh, is that the same song? Take a jumbo, cross the water, dude. And if you look at their lyrics, they got some lyrics, man. Like they they write. That's a that's a talking band right there, dude. That there are some lyrics there. I'm not saying they're should be put up there uh, really high on the list of lyricists, but I don't know. It's pretty good. So uh, I don't I don't know why I was looking this up. I can't remember why the hell I was. But I found out some shit, and it kills me. And, uh, uh, yeah, man, it bothers me. So I moved, and when I moved, I had all these books. And I was like, this is stupid that I have these books. And, and, and the ones that I'm talking about, really, they took up a lot of space. And they were, like, hardcover, um... Books of R.A. Salvatore. And if you know who he is, congratulations, you're a nerd. <laughs> I almost regret, I should have given it to this guy. I tried offering it to this guy. I didn't know, I didn't know what they were worth. But there was these hardcover books. And there was like three books in one volume. They were called, uh, I don't know if it's a collection, trilogy, whatever. But I had three of them that were hardcover and one that wasn't. Maybe I don't even know anymore, but I'm pretty I know for a fact I had a couple and that were hardcover. And uh, I can even tell you the trilogies. I think it was like man, I could be wrong about this. But the Icewind Dale trilogy was real, and I think that was considered the first like three books in the series that even introduced uh, this Dro character. If you know anything about the Dro, congratulations, nerd alert. Uh, the Dro are dark elves, which is kind of crazy. They're not like you know. I, uh, someone brought it up to the attention, like, oh, they were, they're black elves. They're like <laughs> African American elves, and even in this mythological science, not science, fantasy fiction. Uh, universe they're looked down upon and oppressed and all that stuff it's not quite like that but they are they're they're darker skinned elves that live beneath the earth and uh, the main character they say I say drizzit because in the book certain people pronounce it drizzit but he says no it's dritzed which is so stupid like, who gives a shit? But Drizzit, I'm saying Drizzit. Drizzit Duard, and who knows if that's right. But uh, they're great books. And in the Icewind Dale trilogy, the Crystal Shard, I'm not even sure he's in there. He's, he's not even really, he's just like mentioned in one of the books. There's like other characters in the other books. I've read a shitload of this series. I even read the Cleric Quintet. I had that one, too, which might have been in hardcover, um, which was good. And to this day, I still think about those characters in the Cleric Quintet. There was like two dudes. I don't know if they were twins. I don't know what they were. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if they were dwarves. But they were, and they were like, dude, you could do whatever you want in fantasy fiction. But they were cool. And this the one guy, like, uh, let's say they were like hobbits. I don't think they were, though. I don't even know if they have hobbits. But in this R.A. Salvatore, they do have orcs, elves, dwarves. But these guys, the one, he was like an earth whatever. I can't remember what species this thing was. But he could travel through trees. 
because all trees are like connected by roots and stuff weird shit but he got like his arm cut off or blown off i can't remember what the hell it was and he's just like yeah my arm got blown off whatever <laughs> you know he's like a really happy-go-lucky thing that doesn't talk really either but uh, i think about that to this day of stories of Somebody catching a grenade or something, arm getting blown off. Somehow, an arm, someone loses an arm. It's all because of the Claret Quintet. But I looked up these books. I don't even know why the hell I did. I uh, I just searched for it. R.A. Salvatore. Why? I don't know. But I did. I started looking up books. And there I had this freaking book. A hardcover. Now it wasn't new, so I don't know. I don't know if this was considered a new book, but it, it was selling for $184. I literally dropped them off at freaking Goodwill. So then it sent me down a spiral. I was looking up a. I had a hardcover. I shouldn't have probably got rid of this, but I didn't think it was that great. There's a hardcover book. Uh, it was like the life and death of Jim Morrison. Uh, I don't know the guy's name, but that was worth more than what I paid for hardcover. I looked up another book I had. Oh, <laughs> the, the, what I just saw. Some guy, Michael Moorcock. There's a name for you. He had like this weird series of this albino warrior guy. I had The Dream Thief's Daughter. That's the book I had. I bought it for like nothing at Walmart hardcover. It wasn't worth as much. There was some other. He has some other weird series. The Dream Thief Daughter wasn't terrible. It was one of these things where it's very psychedelic, strange. Like shit was happening in the book where you're like, you don't even understand how the hell it's happening. Like I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's almost like that movie Holy Motors, if you ever seen that. Like, if you really watch it or pay attention, you're like, how did this happen? By the way, I went to go rewatch that movie, and it was kind of a little different in my mind than what I remember. But uh, Dream Thief's Daughter, I'm not suggesting anyone buy it. Which, by the way, the paperback, for whatever reason, is worth more than the hardcover. You can buy the hardcover now for like 18 bucks. Not suggesting you buy it. But it really is strange and psychedelic. And it has an idea in the book that I think about from time to time. And I want to steal it. Which I'm not going to really tell you. But it's sort of this idea. Uh, well, I'll, I guess I am going to say it. This guy's like in prison. He's in something. And all of a sudden a weapon appears. And he, like, doesn't even really think it's real, but it is. And then that's how he gets the sword. I don't even know, and I just spoiled it. I just... But it's just... It's very odd. The guy... Uh, it's an odd book. But anyways, it sent me down this path. And then I looked up the craziest book of all that I have. Oh, I looked up Myra Friedman's book of... Buried Alive with Janis Joplin biography. It really didn't go up. In, I mean, it was like a $20 hardcover book, maybe more. I paid like a quarter for it at a thrift store. It was one of those things that's odd where people say like, oh, it called to me. It really did. I, I saw it and it said Buried Alive. And I was like, what the hell? And then I found out it was a Janis Joplin thing. And I was like, dude, I got to buy this. Same thrift shop. It's out there in East Mesa. I think it's called St. Vincent's. I don't know if it's still around. Uh, they had this book, and it was The Dream of Icarus by, like, Kenneth Coots, some weird name like that. I looked that up because I'm like, if any book is worth money, it's this fucking book. That was worth the F word, and I just said it like my dad. He forces it out like he's uncomfortable with it. That's just what I did. Thinking I shouldn't be cussing on this. It's like $90 with the dust jacket. I do not have the dust jacket. It is one of the weirdest books. It's all about art. The guy, whoever wrote it, he's a genius. 
and uh, will dull your blade at the same time, if that makes any sense at all, which I'm not going to further explain, except for to further explain it. It's very wordy, very intellectually worded book on art. Like this, I don't know what he set out to do, but when you read it, I don't know if it's in this room right now. If it is in this room, I might pick it up and I will read you some pages because I think it is in this room. It is. I have it right here. You can pick any page in this book. I hope you appreciate this. It's 2.49 in the morning. I can't sleep. No, that's not farting noises. That's my bed. Don't pull out the bingo card yet. Any page in this book. I've probably opened it up to this page many a time. Now, this is, if you want to follow along, this is page 51. Right after the quotation of the word mine, M-I-N-E, period, we are going to just go right into the top. It says, when do champ? and his sisters Yvonne and Magdalene amused themselves in 1913 by drawing the notes of the musical scale at random from a hat and then setting them down in the order drawn, the resulting composition, which they call musical erratum, was in Duchamp's mind a light-hearted expression of their own personal chance rather than a purely random creation. This comment of Tompkins is particularly interesting in that aleatory music, to use the phrase coined by Boulez, has had the most profound influence on the visual arts, for there has been a feedback situation between painting and the music of the avant-garde. It is at this point that the importance of John Cage must be stressed Predecessors such as Varis and Satai, of course, have been associated with modern art. Varis, for instance, developed from the interest in percussion music of the Zos, remembering that the futurist Luigi Russolo called for an art of noise. His ionization of 1931 is an important work in this context. Sadie, through his ironic inventions and deliberate subversion of accepted musical canon, is clearly related to Dada. Holy shit, is this some Kanye stuff? Dada. Cage, much influenced by these two and trained by Schoenberg, was the first, however, to consistently explore elements of chance and created the idiom now widely followed by such composers as Stockhausen, Lamonte Young, and Chiari. I'm telling you, this book is crazy. Now, this is a lot of referencing to people, and maybe there's a lot of that going on. But, uh, I mean, it's just, I don't even know what this book is. It's, it's about art. And it's this guy... I don't know what the, his name is. Kenneth Coot Smith. It's the weirdest shit on the on the planet when it comes to art. I don't know what the hell. But let's keep reading this. Just see if we can get into something else here. Still on page 51. It was in the early 50s when writing music for the followers of Martha Graham, or Graham, I should say. Dancers like Mercy Cunningham, with whom he built up a lifelong collaboration, and who was the first to take the composer seriously, that he stumbled upon the I Ching, the Chinese prophetic Book of Changes, where guidance is elicited from the chance configuration of thrown twigs, or traditionally, traditionally yarrow stalks. Here, the aleatory element joins with a concern about Oriental philosophy, which has soon to become a dominant element in the avant-garde scene. For instance, one of Cage's best-known techniques of composition was to use transparent sheets on which were inked lines, dots, or biomorphic shapes. 
The lines and dots were understood to refer to the various aspects of sounds that would be used and when performed superimposed one sheet over another the intersection of the lines and dots on one of the biomorphic shapes on another would give him the information he needed to compose the piece now on page 52 since cage had no idea how the performer would superimpose one sheet over another he could not foresee what would take place implicit in this whole process he was explained is the buddhist belief that all things in the world are related and thus relevant to each other so that no matter who used the transparencies or how he used them each performance would simply oh i messed that up would be simply another aspect of the same uh, work Parentheses is indeterminate work. Anyways, I don't know, man. It's crazy shit. I'm going to keep reading. 52 second paragraph. A certain philosophic approach conditioned by Chinese magic and Zen Buddhism is also apparent in his use of silent music, particularly in the much-discussed piece entitled Four Foot... I'm guessing in 33 inches a silent work for the piano where the performer sits for his length of time perfectly still as instrument except for solemnly closing the lid of the keyboard three times to mark the divisions between sections of the work here the music consists entirely of random sounds filtering into the concert hall together with those contributed by the audience in the form of coughs, shuffles, and other noises. <laughs> uh, I'm done. Should I keep going? Cage had once visited a totally soundproof room in the physics laboratory. That's right, that's how I pronounce it. Of Harvard University and was surprised not to find the dead and absolute silence that he had expected. Instead, he heard two distinct and continuous sounds, which he would, was told were noises made by his blood circulating and by the operation of his nervous system. He began to see music as something that was continually present permanently in a flux with other aspects of perceptual experience indeed he came to regard it only as part of a total experience and that its expression in art must become something rather in the nature of theater theater he once said takes place all the time wherever one is and art simply facilitates persuading one that this is the case. I close it. Like a case. I close it. So that was a page or so from The Dream of Icarus. So yeah, I own this book. It goes for like 20 bucks used. So I mean, oh, whatever. But it still kills me. All the freaking books I had, especially the one that's worth $140 right now, I could have been $140 richer, which is dumb because I shit, I shit on $143. Ugh. I should pause this. My nose is clogged, man. I'm going to pause this. I got to pee in a bucket. That's right, I pee in buckets. And I'm back. That's right. I did that on purpose, see? I did it on purpose. I started the end and hit resumed so that when it came in, it chopped it up. I should just do it. I should just do it. I'm going to do it four more times. We're going to test this out. You ready? Uh, I don't know if that worked. That might have been weird. I don't know what that was. Okay. I apologize. I'm getting too creative. I feel like, uh, man, I hope I'm not getting sick. I don't know, man. My sinuses are weird. Well, that might be it. I might be done. 
I'm tired now. You you should be tired too. Don't yawn. Why are you yawning? How dare you yawn? This isn't. What are we doing here? Are we are we jumping off cliffs? Just because I jump off a cliff, you're gonna jump off a cliff. You're just gonna jump off with me, huh? You know, that's what you're gonna do. You're just gonna you're just gonna do that. I mean, you know, everyone's doing it. Peer pressure. You know, just put the, uh, uh, I was going to make drug references. Drug references. Sometimes they need to be made. I'm not trying to put off any ideas or give you any ideas. Maybe that's, maybe that's the words to be using. Oh, I'm deteriorating fast. It's my birthday tomorrow. Try to figure that one out, but it is. I don't know how much longer I can do these podcasts, especially with no one, no one listening. That's what you should be doing. Don't be jumping off cliffs. Tell people about this podcast. Be like, hey, let me let me let me uh, direct you. Let me let me hold this sign, this clay sign. By the way, it's legal. Let's talk about drugs for a second. It is perfectly legal to grow marijuana in Arizona. This is this is the greatest, craziest of times that we're in right now. And I fully expect, it took a while, but I fully expect some of my friends to be growing marijuana plants. And I'm going to treat their marijuana plants as if they were dogs. I know it doesn't make any sense, but when somebody has... I love dogs. I love dogs. But I don't have a dog. I, I don't I don't want a dog. So like, I like going over to people's houses if they have cool dogs. And I can play with them. And I fall in love. And I go, oh, you... And they love me back because I actually play with them. Because their owners don't. And their kids don't. The kids don't give a shit. You just kind of like pat them on the head. I say, what, the, what are you doing? You have a dog. Befriend your dog. And then, but then I get to go home. This is the marijuana, this is gonna be the same shit. I'm gonna be like, ooh, look at this plant, ooh, and I'll smell it, and I'll rub it on my face, and uh, I'll play fetch with it. I don't know. But then I get to go home, you know. And I don't have a plan in my house. I just get to go home. And even if I did have a plan in my house, I meant to put a T in that word. It didn't sound like it, but I. I meant to say that word. I have a retainer in. You ever think of the word retainer and you think of ghost dog? Huh? Speaking of dogs. With Forrest Whitaker. Probably one of the few things that Forrest Whitaker's in that you like. Ghost dog. Retainer. Yeah, go watch Ghost Dog. I don't even know. I can't even remember. I know like he had some guns and there was some... Wu-Tang philosophy shit in there, you know, the Tao Wu, I don't even know, I just saw the RZA on Lex Friedman's podcast, that guy's smart, man, that's a smart dude, very philosophical, and brilliant, I don't know, man, I don't know if I can get into Wu-Tang, I don't know if I should, I don't know if I'm ready for Wu-Tang, Status material. That's some deep shit. And you gotta pay attention to what the hell they're saying. Cause you know, the only Wu-Tang I know is like, who da who da who da who da who da who da who Like what the, I don't know about this philosophical Wu-Tang stuff. Ay, yeah 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 That's the Wu-Tang I know about. Or Ghostface Killer, isn't he? Wasn't he a part of the Wu Tang? Uh, maybe he wasn't. I don't know, but I'll say this: I always bring it up. He put out like three albums in like a four-month period, a couple years back, and I listened to him. I was like, "This is good shit, dude." And he fu- he had like some melodic, theatrical, uh, crescendo, climax type shit. Pretty good, man. Uh, it was good. 
I listened to all the. It was either a three album thing. It was like two albums and then one album later on, or one album, two albums, or maybe it was just two albums separated. Whatever. I listened to them all, or both of them, on National Public Radio. First listen, which they don't even do anymore. I miss it, man. I used to love it. For years they had it. You could listen to albums before they came out. It was awesome. Crazy shit. And I was I was coming across new artists and music I enjoyed. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But even NPR, uh, they used to have a, they probably still do, the Tiny Desk concert. And it was like a podcast for me. You could just listen to music. Damn, I'm trying to think of who, who I came across on there where I was like, this is awesome. Wu-Tang was on there, you know. Now it's been years. Time goes by, man. It's the weirdest thing where, like, you listen to a podcast or watch a video or music. Then it pops back up and you're like, that was that long ago? Holy shit. But, yeah, I used to love it, man. Bright Eyes, probably a Connor O'Burst. Had some albums out there that I really enjoyed. I remember uh, listening to that on NPR First Listen. I could, you know, one of these days just look it up and go through it. Check it out. Shovels and Rope. I actually remember them. Maybe the Lumineers. Lumineers has that great song. Gosh, they have have probably a lot of... Remember uh, Deer Tick? Probably don't know that band. I'm pretty sure I saw Deer Tick Live. Deer Tick Live at... uh, I don't know. Music... McDowell Mountain Music Festival. And that was a long time ago. The one I went to? Holy shit. I looked it up. It had like one of the best lineups they ever had. I saw... What's his name? Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Come on, man. The Shins. Dr. Dog. The Roots played. I got the three-day pass. The one day really had all like the, the good bands. But they had two different stages. So you could go back and forth, listen to some like local stuff. And then the, the headliners. Uh, who else was on there, man? It was good shit, dude. I like the shins. You can't can't go wrong with the shins and pink bullets. If you know anything about that, Shoots and Ladders. I don't even know if that's the name of the album. They got some good songs. Over the Ramparts, you know, with origami cows on their music videos. Dangling their legs off of fence posts. What you know about the shins, man? What do you know about the shins? Uh, but I confuse, I think, Deer Tick and the Lumineers. Deer, yeah, I should look up Deer Tick. I was just listening to Grizzly Bear. If you don't know anything about Grizzly Bear, and by the way, I, I used to preach to people about Sedell Davis. Grizzly Bear is the same thing. I listened to one real album from Grizzly Bear. It's called Yellow House, I believe. As like the greatest shit on there. Knife. Knife is such a good song. You want a good like psychedelic crazy. I don't even know how to explain it. Great song. Knife. By Grizzly Bear. Listen to that. I just want you to know. Damn it's good. When I look into your eyes. Uh, I saw them perform that song on like uh, Conan O'Brien or something, and there's just one guy. There's just he's he's literally uh, an instrument with his voice, and if you listen to it, it's great. You, maybe you should look that up. Like Tonight Show, I don't know what Tonight Show or whatever talk show it was, but Grizzly Bear Knife. And there's a guy, and he's just like, oh, he's just making melodic noises with his mouth. 
with his throat, with his voice box. And I've heard him do an interview about it. Uh, but then I listened to another album of Grizzly Bear. It doesn't sound anything like that album. Yellow or Yellow House, whatever the hell the name of the album is. Great freaking album, dude. God, it's so good. And what I realized is I think I have that album somewhere. Because I went to listen to it and I'm like, I, I have these songs. I don't know how I got the album. Because I got it when it was out. I might have illegally downloaded it or asked somebody to illegally download it. Another album I did have someone download for me was a gay guy I worked with. I tried to actually find him. I've looked him up multiple times. I don't know if he's alive, but his name, I should say his name, but I don't, I don't know, man. You know, making accusations. What if he's not gay? Might not be gay at all. His name might be something like Jim. And his last name might be something like uh, Porterhouse. So let's say Jim Porterhouse. That's really not his name, but it's pretty close. He downloaded an album for me. It was The Hives. I believe Tyrannosaurus. What was the name of that album? It was a great album, man. It's one of my favorite songs of theirs ever. Is diabolic. You gotta go out and listen to that. Hives, diabolic. The, the whole album's pretty good, but that song right there, damn, that's a, it's so good. The guitar playing in that is so good because it's like he's beating the shit out of that guitar. I probably talk about it a lot, but when I first heard that song, I was like, this is so good. And I don't know if Walk Idiot Walk is on there, but, you know, there's a lot of good songs in there. They put a dead body inside of me. That might be the first song. And uh, you can look this up. Roger Waters did The Wall here in Phoenix. That same night, The Hives also performed at another venue. And I almost regret, I mean, I went and saw The Wall. Pink Floyd's the wall but done by roger Waters, same shit you know without the uh other remaining band members i guess but the hives dude also performed and i don't really get emails anymore i don't really want to because i don't want to be influenced and have to go out and buy tickets and watch shit but uh I could have seen the the freaking hives, dude. And they say like they're one of the best live bands to go and see. And I I missed it because I went and saw the wall. Put a dead smoker inside of me. Some shit like that. What's the name of that song? Good man, good shit. Alright, I'm done. I gotta be done. It's now three thirteen in the morning. I gotta stop this. Alright. Ah, shit, I didn't stop it.